Hey, welcome back to the Jesus Magnet Podcast. I'm your host, Joel Hillary, and we're in lovely Wanaka. We've taken the Jesus Magnet Podcast on the road with my beautiful wife, Laura. How are you doing, Laura? Very well. Very well. <laughs> awesome. And we have Liz Dozzy with us. How are you doing, Liz? Absolutely wonderful. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you so much for coming on. It, it's bold uh, to come on to a podcast and uh, share your, your, you know, essentially be transparent and uh, just share your story. But everybody's story goes so far when people are listening. Um, there's, I think each person that thinks that they're the only one that have gone through what they're going through, there's millions around the world that need to hear that story of yours um, to see that that mountain that you, that they're struggling to climb, somebody else has climbed it. And, um, yeah, just want to, you know, take my hat off for that and... Uh, Thank you so much for coming on and sharing. Um, so I'll just hand over to Liz Dozzy um, from beautiful Wanaka, New Zealand. And um, yeah, so Liz, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and you can just start however you want. Wow. Well, thanks again for having me. Uh, it's a real privilege to be able to share my story uh, where to start when you're 63, as I am now about to turn 64. It really, this story starts back when I was 14, and possibly a bit before that, but at 14 in particular, I met a boy. So all you teenagers, you need to be listening to this as well, (laughs) uh, because I'm not just a 63-year-old woman, I still remember being that teenager and um, being fascinated with boys. Uh, My father had, in fact... uh, started to be a lot stricter on me once I started getting that menstrual cycle happen and it was embarrassing for me to even tell you about that but there we go this is life (laughs) and he was really strict with me and I was rebelling and so Mm. I was going the other way Um, my my two older brothers had left home and so I was probably seeking male company and of Mm. course in the wrong places so I met this boy And by the time I'm 14 and and three quarters, um, I had, in fact, given myself to him. So there I was at 14 and a half, not a, no longer a virgin. And I wasn't, I'd been raised in a Christian family, but it wasn't talked about. We just did the church thing and Sunday school. So I didn't really have an understanding about a relationship with Jesus. So it's incredibly important for families and parents to uh, talk about, you know, sexual intercourse and things like that and how Christian wise how do we come across that road um even at an early age don't wait till they're 16 or 17 even too late by then yeah right when they're hitting puberty right yeah yeah no it's um it wasn't spoken of I think particularly we're talking back in the 1970s although there was a bit of a revolution and the love and power and peace, etc. <laughs> thing going on, but but and that may have had some influence, but uh, yeah, it wasn't really talked about in our circles because, of course, our mm. parents were raised during the war, the depression and the war, mm. and they had parents that were quite uh, strict and controlling as well, and and there was a certain airs and graces that were expected, and so this was a transition period in the seventies, anyway. So there I was, I meet this boy and he tells me before I tell him that he loved me and, you know, we just lived life together. We just kept being partners together right through and 
Uh, in fact, got engaged while I was at high school, <clears throat> and I remember showing my engagement ring to the teachers to to say why I could be wearing a ring at school because nobody else could. So I'm actually engaged. <laughs> Hold my finger out and show them my ring, and it was just a flat one. It wasn't dangerous or anything, but it was a lovely antique ring. But were you guys uh, the same age? We was he was six months older. Okay, um, but yeah. in the same year group at school. Uh, I think he was. Yeah, you know, I think we were. Yeah, it's a long time ago now. Yeah, <laughs> pretty close, pretty close. Because yeah, because I ended up at seventeen. So we ended up uh, the end of sc- school didn't the exams finish? Then there's the final ceremony a few weeks later. Well, when the exams all finished, and we didn't have mm. to go back to school except for that final. Mm. I moved out, mm. moved in with him. We found a flat. Um, together on the other side of town from my parents um $48 a week rent oh wow Ooh. wow you know <laughs> steep no, no, no actually sorry it was $20 a week rent our income was $48 a week oh wow, wow. sorry puts it in perspective <laughs> so yeah. we were yeah so we had arranged and... with the parents that my parents and his parent, his mother who was who was um widowed but we had arranged well, they worked out over the years that it was better if we have several meals a week back at the family homes <laughs> because obviously living on that sort of money wasn't going to last. Yeah, but, um, we still do that. <laughs> yeah. 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 Mum and Dad think it's because we, we love them, which we do dearly, but it's definitely a financial gain. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, whereas, Love you, Mum whereas, and Dad. These, whereas these days, we often when we go to people's places for dinners, we take something. Yeah, yeah but when we, when we're still young, we tend to just bludge off our parents. So <laughs> so there was that. But <clears throat> I started teachers' college. He started university, and so in the sixth week of um, of teachers' college, we ended up getting married. We'd had a holiday over the Christmas period. Mm. I'd I'd had um, a condition. That was quite intimate. Um, that with a poultices required on my backside, it was quite a, quite awkward. But anyway, we went. Gosh, if we can go through this together, we can mm. do anything. Mm. <laughs> yeah. So um, we were quite prideful and full of um, full of our own self importance mm. and rejecting everybody else's ideas. We thought we knew it all and. And so we did, and we, we were married, and it was my aunt that had actually said, look, they've been best friends for years. Um, of, you know, they've got as good a chance as anyone. Mm. Well, I'm going to make this long story of that marriage really short. It was a 20-year marriage. We actually ended up um, separating and divorcing in 1996. Mm. So, but... That was a marriage in the flesh, and that's kind of what I want to talk about, how God has come in to my life um, mm. four years before that in 1992. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he ended up, um, I ended up accepting Jesus into my life. And I'd had some opportunity at some stage as teenagers, I remember something happening in town and there were these people who were evangelising on the street and I was really taking in everything they were saying but then the shop owner came out the front and made us move on and somehow that moment was spoiled mm. and yeah. they went their way and I was stuck not yeah. having any answers to the questions that I had in my heart. Mm. And it was school that had actually spoiled both of us from having that 
time with getting to know Jesus because we mm. were going to a Christian youth group um, and we had even been taking children's church. I don't know how we did that. <laughs> we didn't know anything, but we were obviously good helpers at yeah. some at this stage. And, and so we knew mm. very little about Christianity. It was very much in the head. Um, certainly didn't have a relationship with Christ. But school, for him, taught evolution. And it made questions come up all about creation and, mm-hmm. the, and God and all the rest of it, which I'm now a full-on creationist. Mm-hmm. But it just spoiled the, the beauty of, of the story of, of Christ coming and all of that, everything from creation right through. Yeah. Is, so, a, um, is a very common... Uh, new theology um, that is uh, theistic evolution as well. And um, I know a couple of people that believe in that. Yeah. Um, I personally don't. But, um, yeah, it's it's that evolution, even when it does stand on itself, the complex of, of little microorganisms becoming more complicated, which we've studied that microorganisms mm. or everything just from the law of entropy itself things deteriorate and things don't become more complex they become mm. less complex over That's time right. yeah. yeah however theoretically let's say evolution was true it's actually a miracle on itself as well that it has to be guided from a divine creator anyway. yeah that would be yeah if you, so, if you took that stance that could work yeah so yeah, but it is that's a, called theistic evolution and okay I it's too bad it didn't that take one. that that stance. Yeah. So I prefer the teaching of intelligent design. That there's something behind mm-hmm. it all. That oh, there's still yes. intelligence yeah. design with the other and one. And so you yeah. look at a leaf and you look at the veins in the leaf and you go deeper into the Absolutely. atoms. You just keep going, being an yeah. awe Amazing. of it all. And then you look at, at the sky and yeah. you look how big it is and then you look at all the stars and then you look beyond the stars and to other yeah. stars and how big they are and we've you know that's why you live in wonderful Wanaka oh, yeah. did you see that night sky the other night <laughs> amazing <laughs> oh incredible yeah yeah so getting back to our we could go on about creation forever but just getting back to this this story of of um two people that thought they knew it all mm. uh were swayed either way um and we, we were struggling having having a child. We wanted a child. We'd actually um, finished, well, long story. There's lots of things happening. But we ended up going to Australia um, because my husband did get a job in Australia. And so we'd always wanted to sort of take a stepping stone overseas and do the overseas mm. trip where you go around, you go all around Europe and yeah. do all that sort of thing. Well, we thought, well, we'll take this job. It's only 18 months. We'll do that and then we'll keep going. Well, it mm. never happened. The 18 months turned into 36 months, and then we decided, well, we're here. We might as well build a house, and we settled mm-hmm. down, and, well, mm. let's have a child, and then that didn't happen. And so that was years of going through artificial insemination, mm. our tests, of course, first, artificial insemination, and then we went through IVF. And the method that was used is called GIFT, which is kind of interesting, gamut intrafallopian tube was the technique that was used, so... Eggs taken from me, sperm from the husband, washed nicely in good filtered water, put together and then put directly, a 10-minute operation, the whole thing, directly up into my fallopian tubes and then let nature take its course. Wow. So it's it was as most natural as you could. We always joked that 
the the doctor who did yeah. it was kind of like a second father to the child. <laughs> he was kind of involved, but it was his most natural way that you could go. So I had that twice and and did have a pregnancy out of it, which lasted only six weeks. And then there was um, a possible other one in the process. But then we, we had, had uh, this one that was the third and final attempt, and we got our son. And that was amazing. But during that pregnancy moving from Brisbane, we were given the opportunity to go to Cairns and we'd always said if we could go to Cairns or Perth, we'd take it So mm. in this particular office. So we ended up mid-pregnancy going up to Cairns and so Ben was, my son was actually born in in um, Cairns. And so we lived there for two and a half years and it was wonderful. But then we uh, started to think about how my parents were getting older, his mother was getting older, mm. you know. I've just worked it out this morning. Actually, they were only 68. <laughs> 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 but we wanted, we wanted them to, we wanted our son to know the grandparents because yeah. yeah. <laughs> they might die any time now. Yeah. <laughs> well, of course, they ended up living till they were 89. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, and so we, we only ended up staying there four and a half years. But in that time, in the first year, I got born again. Mm. I was born again in a, in a non-denominational service. We were involved in a in a marketing business and this, this is in Cairns and back in Dunedin oh back in so Dunedin so back sorry. in Dunedin yep. so we moved back when Ben was two and a half and then we've yep. ended up uh, bringing actually this business we'd seen it just before we came back bring it back to the family and got very heavily involved in that and so so it was and it was all about making money mm. right because these are all the things that you do in normal life you 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 struggle to find your dream and make it happen and you do everything you can to make it happen but then ultimately God has a plan for your life and and he if you leave things in his hands he directs your path and so I didn't know that then (laughs) but the great thing is I got born again I then got baptized I was going to a home group yes so I was going on with God but he wasn't he Went in the other room when we were having um, a home group at our house. Mm. Um, didn't listen to anything. Um, eventually he'd come in and make a cup of coffee and lean on the kitchen bench and listen to a few things. But he never tipped over into becoming a believer. Mm. So after four and a half years being back in New Zealand, he was frustrated in his job, wasn't really challenging him enough. Mm-hmm. And he said, and I hadn't picked this up when he said it, but he said, I'm going back to Australia even if you don't come. And so I should have picked up that up as a warning sign, but I mm. didn't. But we went back, and he he got got a job back at the old firm, and it was all good. And we were building a house together, and uh, it was amazing. But um, it turned out that three weeks before the settlement on this new house build that we were doing, that. Um, we went to our best man's 40th, met a woman, slept with her, and that was the end of our marriage. Mm. So we'd been married 20 years, and mm. there was all this happening. And so it came as a really big shock for me, mm. yeah. because I was perhaps, because of Christ, more in love with him than I ever had been, yeah. because I was seeing through the eyes of Christ, mm. but yeah. he was still in the flesh with this yep. relationship uh, that we had, and... 
you know, there were we had been struggling in a way, in, in retrospect, you could look back on it and go, okay, well, actually, we had got involved in watching porn, which mm. was um, a way of keeping our sex life alive. But, mm. you know, it turned out that once I became a Christian, I was falling asleep during that. Yeah, It wasn't doing anything yeah. for me because, I don't know, God must have just closed my eyes on that. So I really praise God for that. I believe it was uh, about 15 years ago, psychologists actually used to promote people watching porn together and, and all that. Really? Now... They take that back after 15 years of a bit more research and they say it couldn't be more destroying to a relationship to expose both of you to porn mm. for you start your eyes start to wander to other people. Yes. Um, and that's what destroys the relationship. Well, so it's amazing obvious. how yeah. even the experts were promoting it 15 oh. years ago and now they're taking it away. And then it's amazing how God's book, the Bible, points out that it's not good, you know, like yeah. to, right from the start, to, to right. not lust over other people mm. and things like that. Like you can't, That's it's right. not a sustainable mindset to have no, in any isn't. relationship. And, and it's just to be so cautious. And I'll get to that sort of further on about just some scriptures that I've ended up standing on. So what ended up happening after he, he you know, we get this, having this house built, but there's this other woman that's leaving her husband to come and be with my husband. And it's like, oh, just, mm. I was calling her Jezebel <laughs> yeah. um, because I was starting to study about this sort of thing by yeah. this stage. I didn't really know much. Having only been a Christian four years, I hadn't, hadn't certainly didn't understand spiritual warfare. Mm -hmm. I didn't understand a lot of things. But I was blessed to have a woman in church who had been through this. And she she actually said, you need to put your roots down in Jesus. Mm. And That's that was advice. the best advice that I could have ever been given. Wow. So I studied the scriptures. I, I studied myself in relation to the scriptures as well. Um, there were nights that I would be crying. I, I got myself a, a woman's study, study Bible and I'd wake up and I'd be crying in the middle of the night. Mm. So I would look up in the concordance at the back or... Or, or the scripture thing at the back, and it would say tears or crying, and I could look that up, and I would read all the scriptures that that would flash you all over the Bible. Uh, you know, and half an hour later, in the middle mm. of the night, when you've read a number of scriptures, the peace of God just comes on you, and you go back to sleep. Yeah. Wow. You know, you stop <laughs> so worrying good. because yeah. God's filling you up with His Word, yeah. Yeah. and His Word brings comfort, and yeah. and so. No, like it wouldn't matter if I'm angry, you know, like mm. I have times of being really angry about it. So I'd look up anger and, you know, and then look mm. up scriptures about needing to forgive. And, and of course, there's the main one, which is a life scripture that many of us, you know, we learn the Lord's Prayer, but we don't read that latter part in Matthew where it talks, where he talks about forgiveness. And that's in Matthew 6 when we do the Lord's Prayer. It says, in yours is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever, amen. And then the next bit says, for if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. Mm. But if you do not forgive their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. And it's yeah. like, wow, well, I've got a lot of trespasses that need forgiving. I need to do lots more forgiving. And that yeah. included learning to, coming to the point of forgiving my husband, forgiving yeah. my 
my her, the, the other woman as yeah. well. Yeah. You know, so that I, there, was, huge in itself. there was a lot mm. of things, but that just took that hook of unforgiveness out of my jaw and yeah. I didn't have that anymore I didn't mm. have hatred towards them anymore mm. I had to have compassion and understanding and give grace and mm. and all that sort of thing so it was a huge journey mm. so for me the next four years that's what I was doing I was full-time teaching I was I was full-time mother of a seven-year-old that became an 11 year old by the four years later yeah. after he'd left um, I was having to do all the finances myself, you know, all that sort of thing, come home and cook meals. Mm. Go And I went to every meeting. So I went on Monday nights, I'd go to the prayer meeting. Tuesday nights, I'd go to the the, the Yes Ministries. Mm. You know, Wednesday night, uh, it might be a youth meeting or something like that, Thursday night worship practice and, mm. and so on. And so I got involved with the youth. I was involved in everything and I was Fully at immersed. everything. I immersed <laughs> myself. So there was no place for clubbing. Yeah. Yeah. There was no place for going elsewhere and and getting with un with the mm. the adulterous generation that's out yeah. there, yeah. not getting influenced by the wrong voices. Mm. I was immersed in church, yeah, and I so can only recommend that as if you're struggling, mm. that's the only place to go and yeah. stick with it mm. and dump the friends that are bagging you or bagging the ex husband or whatever it might mm. be. You can't associate with those yeah. people because it just doesn't work. Mm. Yeah. You, uh, we are influenced by the people around us, whether we understand we're being influenced or not, but we are. And yeah. so choosing who we hang out with is, is vital. Yep. In uh, 2 Timothy chapter 3, um, it says, uh, in the end days, people will be lovers of themselves, boastful, proud, slanderous, uh, adulterers at heart, um, disobedient to their parents, has this massive list. Yes, it's And right. at the very end it says, and have nothing to do with them. That's Cut right. them from your life. That's Don't right. have that. And I believe, like right now, that actually describes the Western society culture <laughs> sure to a T. Yeah. So it's one of those things where, okay, when I'm reading that, I'm just going to do that because that sounds like today and we're going to just, and it says they'll be lovers of money rather than, and, um, they'll have a form of godliness, but they'll deny its power. Like there's a lot yeah. of that, and that's Second Timothy chapter three. Anybody listening can look that up. It's right at the start of the chapter, I believe. So um, yeah, it's it's. I think you're right on point where you said drop those friends, drop anybody that's holding you back, mm. um, and have nothing to do with them. Mm. Immerse yourself in Christ, mm. and immerse yourself in those that are, will disciple you in Christ, mm. because you can't do it by yourself. No. And God is amazing, but God created each other to be in a community yeah. and for them to disciple you and you to disciple them. Very, very cool. Mm. Yeah. Awesome. I also remember watching 18 hours of deliverance ministries. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember the guy's name, but he had this gentle deliverance ministry. He'd asked God, I think he was from Toowoomba, um, and he He'd asked God if I'm going to, if you're going to get me to do this deliverance thing, I don't want hap happening. Which was when he delivered somebody, mm. somebody shot across and moved this huge law law heavy table, you know those big office yeah. desks, and it moved it a good foot back after wow. the person had been wow. delivered. And it's like I don't want to do this if this is what it's going to be. I want a gentle ministry. So. I watched these eight, 18 hours of these uh, over time, yeah. but I, I just 
to try and understand the spirit realm, what's mm. really going on, yeah. the dark forces. I mean, I we love Star Wars and <laughs> and, <laughs> and seeing the analogies, um, the Matrix, the movie, the Matrix. Yeah. There's yeah. a lot of analogies there. I mean, you were mentioning yesterday Superman, yeah, uh, <laughs> so based on on Christ, it's just incredible and. Mm. And, um, you know, just seeing there's parts even in Lord of the Rings where you're actually seeing deliverance mm. um, yeah. of that king that had been possessed. And, yeah, and, with and, Gandalf. You know, I mean, yeah. it doesn't always happen that the fingernails shrink right back to being normal fingernails yeah. yeah. from being like claw-like <laughs> yeah. and the beard shrinking back. It doesn't yeah. always happen quite like that, but uh. certainly when you see deliverance and the power yeah. of that sort of thing. And there's, there's plenty of other... Um, One's happening there. I remember yelling out in, in uh, that Green Mile movie when that guy yeah. sucks sucks all that evil out of those oh, and then yeah. he's blowing out the, yeah. the bees <laughs> and I'm like, oh, look at that for deliverance. You know? <laughs> I'm yelling that right out across the whole movie theatre. Like, wow. Oh, it was really, oh, yeah. Yeah, that's really pretty strange neat. the things you do when you're not thinking. Um, and that's pretty much me. I tend to think on my feet and speak on my feet, as you're probably telling here. But, um, yeah, Good. maybe I'm just hard to live with but I no, don't think good. that's what it was um, because in the end I'll, I'll get to the story I want to tell today and that's about God's amazing grace yeah. I think you know, and the story is is a beautiful love story mm-hmm. that after the first year coming back to Wanaka from Australia the first year going oh he left me mm-hmm. coming back for a holiday with my parents second year Oh, he's signed the divorce, the divorce papers. Third year, oh, we're divorced now, and he's marrying her next month, sort of thing. And then the fourth, the fourth year when I came back, I was wavering in my stand. I'd, I'd by this December, like probably from about the November, mm. right through mm. till the in, following year, the March. So end of nineteen ninety, yeah, and my faith because I was standing on on all these scriptures religiously I hadn't had a rhema word that my husband ever would come back but I was standing on the scripture from Ezra that talked about divorce of your pagan wives or your foreign wives and go back to the wives of your youth Mm. you know because you've you've gone off from where you would there's another one in Malachi that talks about Mm. about that um, that you've dealt treacherously with the wife of your youth and you need to go back and restore with her you know like I was standing on these scriptures believing that that's what he should do. Mm. But actually, I was hankering after a, a marriage in the in the flesh mm. yeah. at the time. But, um, and, of course, learning about what God's doing and everything, but I didn't understand that mm. God actually had a better plan. Yeah. yeah. And so I wavered for about six months. I think I went to a couple of pool halls, um, started having a bit of alcohol, um, to the point that my the covenant keepers were starting to get a bit worried about me because I was going to a weekly meeting with all the covenant keepers as mm. well. And they were very strict with the way they were standing on their scriptures and some of them had been standing for 35 years and believing the husband will return around. And I think that's great if you can mm. do that. But I was only 42 and, mm. you know, I think of that, the, uh, there are scriptures there that talk about, you know, if, if, if they've been widowed, you know, they should remarry if they're yeah. still quite young. And at 42, you are still quite young. Yeah. 
So um, I've ended up um, having wavered for this time and then my girlfriend who had also been through a husband leaving her and she wasn't a covenant keeper but she was standing on, on certain scriptures, she said, look, there's an opportunity to go to this singles camp. Let's just go because it's out of town and it'll just give us a break away. And I was so ready for that. Mm. I just, I'd become, you know, like a little, like hope deferred makes the heart sick. And yeah. I think that's where I was at. Yeah. Remember, I hadn't had a teenage years. I had been mm. a, a wife really yeah. mm. from age 14 and had gone through school with him as part of my life and my best friend and all the rest of it. But I hadn't really lived the normal teenage years. I hadn't had girly sleepovers. There's a whole lot of things that I haven't done that a lot of normal teenage people Mm. might have done. So I was sort of having a wee bit of an experiment at 41 and a half, 42, trying to find who am I outside of this relationship Mm. and all that sort of thing. So I I went a bit off track with and and I had sort of prayed... God give me the grace for this, um, but you know he had his finger on me the whole time. Yeah, yeah. I might be a little bit tipsy, but I'd be speaking to somebody about Jesus, so I wasn't mm. completely gone. Yeah. yeah, but I wasn't a good role model either for the youth group that I think I was in charge of at the time. So yeah, yeah it was not yeah. good for that little period of five or six months. Yeah. And so I go on my birthday. There's this weekend. It would have been the twenty eighth, twenty ninth, thirtieth of. April, and where I'm away at this thing, and the sun up in the Bunya Mountains, and I'd never been there before, so it was quite spectacular. I wasn't interested in looking at the weirdo men that were there and all that sort of thing. It was just not, wasn't there to go find a man at mm. all. I just literally wanted to get the hell out of Brisbane. That's yeah. how I was feeling. I was angry, I was frustrated, hope deferred. You know, there was something going on in me that I was restless. Mm. Yeah. And um, I... I wasn't on track. I remember, this is a bit embarrassing, but I, I remember putting red wine in a black currant and apple juice popper, one litre popper container, decanting oh, yeah. it in there so that I, I could take alcohol on this camp. Yeah. So it's a Christian camp, not allowed alcohol. So I, I was a bit off track. But the thing is, my girlfriend dogged me in as a song leader and on the Sunday morning they wanted to have communion together and then have mm-hmm. pikelets, yeah. which I never got any because what ended up happening is I sing this song, grudgingly I must say, mm. but, you know, so I made sure I ironed my hair because it was my birthday and I wanted it to be all about me. Yeah. <laughs> but but anyway, God had different so plans. So I go, I go there and I go, only by grace can you enter. Only by grace can you stand, not by your human endeavour, but by the blood of the Lamb, etc. So, I mean, that actually ended up kind of ministering to me as I'm having to minister to these other people. They oh. they do communion. And then I'm left there at the end. But then fortunately, my friend and the guy running the camp said, would you like to take communion now? Mm. And so... We ended up taking, they ministered to me in communion. And then my friend had this word. She said, I believe, and she's quite prophetic. So she said, I believe God is 
saying, walk away from your dead marriage and that God has got an open door for you and he wants you to walk right through it. Now, in the spirit, I immediately saw, like this archway, I saw my ex-husband looking back at me through that archway and him walking off. So it wasn't me walking away from the dead marriage. It was kind of he, mm. in the spirit, that's what I saw. Wow. But I took that as as what God was showing me because the then when she said, and God has an open door for you, I mm. actually walked through that same like archway, with, yeah. and, but it was not with him in it, but it yeah. just, I just, that's what I saw in the spirit. So I took that. And then the guy who was running the camp said, and you know what? God is preparing a man for you right now. <laughs> and I had this guy in mind that I thought it was, and I, you know, my mind went to where it was. But that's irrelevant now because two weeks, oh, what ends up happening? I come completely back to Jesus. I'm not even interested in anything else but Jesus. I am full on. I spend the whole trip back, which would have been that Sunday afternoon, praying in tongues and for the very first time, like for the whole hour and whatever it took back, for the very first time I had music on as well, I was not trying to interpret my tongues because I'm kind of a, yeah. you know, yeah. you do the shadow and I wonder what that means. You know what yeah. I'm <laughs> well, I wasn't doing that. I was praying in the spirit, which is yeah. what you yeah. need to do, yeah. not try to interpret them. You know? yeah. So it was awesome. So I come back and I'm so happy and I'm full of full of life and go back to school after that mm. weekend and I'm feeling revived and back with the Lord and not yeah. interested in men. And, of course, all the covenant keepers are all very happy. And So can you just expand what the covenant keepers are? Because I haven't heard that term before well, and the, some of the listeners For the men, they're called promise keepers. Women, they're covenant keepers. It's just a okay. group that studies that have had their, their partners leave and then yep. they... they um, have a bulletin that comes out every month. It's it's international. They've yeah. they've okay. done it. So it's for people whose marriages have um, gone through something. Okay. There are studies you can do. There's Marriage International Ministries is another great group to be involved in awesome. when you're trying to restore your. So you'd marriage. recommend that for anybody listening if they're yeah. going through that to go to Covenant Keepers or Promise Keepers. Is Promise it? Keepers for the men. Yeah, yeah. As far as I know. Um, and Marriage International Ministries is one I'd highly recommend as well right. because it's for both. You can go together when yep. you're mm. together, but you might be struggling. And True, yeah. It, it develops your faith and all yeah. that sort of yeah. thing as well. And you come to understand marriage mm. a lot better. So, yeah. And there's lots of others here in New Zealand, but I was in Australia when I was going through this. So here we go. We have come back to Christ and that was... The end of um, March, uh, end of March, of, of April, and within two weeks, my teacher aide in my classroom and this woman who had a toddler playing in the playground where my class was having an outdoor play, mm. they got mattering, and one <laughs> and my teacher aide looked up at me. They were both sitting together on a log, and she said. I think I found a man for you, Lizzie. And I said, I'm not interested. I'm, <laughs> you know, I'm not trying to do this at all, you know. And, oh, he's some sort of pastor or something. And that pricked my ears up a little yeah. bit. <laughs> and then the, this other woman said, oh, but he's he's got a few psychological problems. 
And I went, oh, and I might talk to him on the phone. That was sort of how I took it. Well, next minute, the two of them have got together and they've arranged that we're going to have a blind date. <laughs> oh, my goodness. It was not, not on my agenda. Uh, and it was really awkward because normally I'd be involved with this other thing that was happening at church at that particular weekend. It was one of the young guys' 30th birthday, and I didn't go, and that was a big thing. <laughs> other people were disappointed at least. She's, yeah. you know, she's going off to some blind dates in, <laughs> in some place that turned out to be the RSL club and um, at Yurongapilli and you know as soon as as soon as we walked in and he was like 50 metres away in a crowd mm. and there was a crowd of other people but I just looked straight across and I knew which guy it was <laughs> wow. and there was no way I was interested <laughs> So that solved that other one. Gosh, I'm going to fill in the night with these girls. So it was a group. We were a group of teachers and yeah. teacher aides and stuff all going out together yeah. to this place to listen to this guy's brother play in the band that was playing oh, at yeah. this. So, so it was a casual thing. Yeah. So there was no pressure. Like it wasn't to sit across the table and meet each other type date. But anyway, I spent the whole night telling him he was not the one for me. <laughs> I actually danced twice with an 80-year-old man in this RSL club trying to avoid this like puppy dog that seemed to be following me round and I just wasn't interested. And I didn't like the way he smelled. I didn't really like the clothes he was wearing. I was really judging, right? But anyway, by the end of the night, I had backed him into a corner. I mean, he we were... You know, he was like, you don't scare me. His arms were folded. He was backing away. But I was like, <laughs> you know, I'm zealous for Jesus. You wouldn't want to have anything to do with me. And yeah. all this <laughs> but he said, you don't scare me, which was interesting in retrospect because he is a very gentle, shy kind of character. Yeah. yeah. But he actually stood up to me in that regard. So I could tell that he needed healing, and we were involved with a very amazing healing church. Um and so I ended up um, asking for his phone number so that I could ring him and invite him to church. Mm. Not so that I could go out with him again or anything. I just wanted, because I've, I had a compassion for him, right? Yeah. A bit like the before where I said, oh, I'll talk to him on the phone. It was kind mm. of like that sort of thing. Well, it ended up being that he... Uh, couldn't remember his phone number. <laughs> He'd only oh. moved into the new place. He'd only just got a phone. Oh, true. And so he didn't know the phone number. It was a wee bit pre-cell phone days. And yeah. so not not everybody had one at that stage. Yeah. I did because I was going to Covenant Cave. It was way on the other side of Brisbane, a good 50 kilometres mm. away on the other side of town. It was 100 kilometres across Brisbane. That's a huge city. Um, so anyway, he... I ended up giving him my phone number, which was not what you want to do if you don't want to have a relationship with somebody. But anyway, I gave it to him. And the next day I come home from church and there we go. There's his message on my answer phone at home giving me. And so I rang him back and say, hi, I got your message. 
And then he asked me for a coffee, and I could not believe it that I said yes. <laughs> and I and it was because I was manipulating. I wanted we were having an open open day at our school, and I was rostered for an hour. Mm. So I made him turn up to my classroom on the dot of when my hour was finished, so that we I had a, a, an escape because otherwise parents would just keep staying and keeping talking yeah, for another see. hour. Yeah, you know, it's just Saturday, and you just mm. don't want to be. <laughs> yeah. You just don't want to be caught in that and they can go to the next classroom that was opening straight after Mm. yours and that sort of thing so it didn't matter so he the amazing thing is when he turned up my stomach leapt it was very much like when john the baptist leapt in elizabeth and because my name is elizabeth but when my when he walked in the room my stomach leapt and it was like oh he actually looked reasonable <laughs> after the previous meeting. He didn't, you know, I was quite surprised. Yeah. Um, one of our teachers said he'd come to the wrong classroom and he said, well, there was this really good looking guy that came <laughs> to my classroom looking Ooh. for you. <laughs> but, you know, beauty's in the eye of the beholder and I'm still, I was still sort of avoiding all that. But we ended up going for a coffee just down the road at Lone Pine Sanctuary. We then went for it. Then we had a second coffee, and all we're doing is talking scripture. He's wow. telling me his life story negatively, like because he was actually still suffering psychological. He was still going to a psychologist for depression after having left the religious order, and so he he was still dealing with stuff, just like I was still in a way dealing with stuff. And yep. he'd been mm-hmm. out about four years. I've been divorced about four years, yeah. so it kind of worked out quite well. God mm. had obviously had a plan. Mm. Yeah. So we end up having our first, that's our first date, and it fo- he ended up following me to, I had to do some shopping for, I was on the social committee, there's a whole lot of things going mm. on, but he ended up coming back to my place for a quick meal before we then went out to a tent meeting. And he went up, for, I went up for prayer, um, kneeling up there, I'm thinking that this, um, it was, uh, this preacher I thought it was his wife that had his her hand on my back, and it turned out it was this man had his hand. It wasn't touching my back, just touching my my jumper. And I remember thinking for the first time about him. You know, we'd only met him a week earlier. Next minute, I'm at a tent meeting with him. But I thought, oh, that was quite nice, you know. And it just opened my heart a little bit towards. Mm. This guy might be somebody special. Yeah. You know, mm. that was only, it was just very gentle. Yeah. He wasn't touching my body. He was touching my jumper, but I could feel yeah. that, I, that it was there. So <clears throat> we then ended up um, the next day. My son had used to be having every fortnight with his father. So my son mm. came back. We ended up going and having an ice cream together with my son that night. The next day, uh, he comes to the tent meeting again on the next on the Sunday night, mm. uh, the Monday night rather, and where I'm on the worship team for that anyway. I was just full on. Mm. Not, we were there for it was three weeks of this t- tent meeting. It turned out being in the mm. I was there. He was working odd hours, and so he'd come at about eight thirty, and then we'd. We'd talk till 10.30. Um, he'd come back to my place, have a coffee and talk till 10.30. So it was quite, by the Wednesday, we had done a lot of talking. Yeah. That I had not much of a voice and I ended up taking the day off work. 
sorry they paid me for that day. <laughs> I really probably could have worked, but we he ended up coming around and we spent the whole day talking again. Wow. And then the next day after school, we met for like a quick coffee between his jobs. He had three jobs because he's a musician and he's trying to just yeah. do day jobs so that he could do gigs at night and yeah. things like that. So his jobs were all over the place. But I remember him looking at me across the narrow McDonald's tables. You know, they're quite close. <laughs> yeah. Like we're across a dining table right now. We've got like a fair mm. social distance. Yeah. But we were... We were at the McDonald's little tables, and it was like, he's right there. COVID-19 rules would not work very well with this state. (laughs) So, yeah, so anyway, I remember him saying to me, look, your eyes are like deep wells. I feel like they look right through me. And I remember my eyes darting left to right and not wanting to look him in the eye. Mm. And I said, I think I'm falling in love with you. Wow. Wow. <laughs> that was like one week from Saturday to Saturday. I don't want to have anything to do with you. A week later, we have an official date and we talk and talk and talk. Then Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Thursday uh, at 3.10 in the afternoon, I think I'm falling in love with you. Wow. And that <laughs> made no sense because mm. yeah. you know, it just it made no sense. So, so my head is is not getting this but what's happening is my the spirit mm. inside of me and inside of him mm. was connecting yeah. we were connecting in the spirit mm. i mean there were things we were finding out that were saying for a start off we were both 42 our mothers both like the same um dick francis books or something like that mm. you know one of those types of things the family were like playing cards and mm. board games and you know simple just everyday things. But what was happening in the spirit was just growing stronger mm. and stronger. And so I didn't know him, but mm. but my spirit recognized something. Mm. Yeah. And, and and so we we um ended up continuing to date on and off for during this time. It just kept being full on mm. that within three weeks after that we are actually engaged. Now, uh-huh. Peter asked me to marry him. Um, oh, no, I actually didn't. I said, <laughs> being this forthright woman that I am, if you asked me to marry you, I'd say yes. <laughs> I'd say he just said. <laughs> so he didn't say anything. We were up at his parents' place up on the Sunshine Coast and we'd stay there. And then probably about 10 <laughs> or 15 minutes later, he said, well, oh, no, you think you said that it actually happened when we went back to their place and we went, they've got a downstairs area with a TV and stuff and we were just sitting on the couch there and he said, well, how about it then? Would you marry me? And I said, okay, well, look, we really need to pray about this. (laughs) 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 Let's lay it down on the altar. We don't rush into anything. Now, I'd already said that I was going to say yes because that's what my whole excited being was doing yeah but i wanted to be sure that it really 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 was god yeah so i have this moment where i just say to him okay we've got to pray so i said lord if this is of you then you'll we'll still have the same feelings in the morning but if it's not of you it will have gone Mm. now i've prayed for people before if they want to quit smoking Mm. 
they will they need to come to me because I will pray and they will they will quit smoking. Wow, that's awesome! Right, so they've got to want to quit smoking, but if they need help with that, for some reason, God's given me the gift of that. So, wow. so I knew that with this prayer, we were laying it down, saying, "God, if it's you, you know, you need to confirm it." Well, little did I know about this guy because we're sleeping in separate rooms, of course, in mm. the, this beautiful home not far from the beach and all the rest of it. That I that um, he just crashes when he goes up to the Sunshine Coast because it's his parents' house now, you know, mm. after years uh, of being in Brisbane, but they were up there. And he was fast asleep at 8 o'clock in the morning. I wanted to go for a walk. And I'm like, do you still feel the same? No, and he's <laughs> But anyway, so he's I... He's been a musician. He's up all night, yeah, so he right. sleeps all day. Yeah, well, not quite, but because he used to go for some jobs at 6.30 in the morning. Oh, my gosh. And then sleep in the car when he finished that one before he'd go to another. He was all over the place with jobs. Wow. We even did throwing newspapers at three o'clock in the morning on Saturday nights. Mm. You know, we were crazy and yeah. loved doing all sorts of things <laughs> in the end. But anyway, with this, with me being sure that I was sure that this was God, I ended up going for a walk and I walked along. I'd never been to this place before, but I walked along the road and I eventually found, you know, that I could see there was a marina and sort of a, a key and, going out to a place, and so I thought, oh, I'll walk along there and go right to the end of this this piece that was poking out. And as I'm walking along, I go, yes, God, but what if he gets depression again? How will, we, how will I cope with that? And at that very moment, as I'm thinking that, on the side of the, the path by me was really long grass, except for a bit that had been trodden down, like really like one and a half, two feet high grass, and it had been trodden down in a path that led to a big cliff face, which I was walking along the length of. And I look up to what would cause people to go to walk there. So I then looked up at the wall, this cliff face, and on it was a brass plaque that said something along the lines of, we haven't been able to find it, I think that's been taken down now, but it's it's um, the thunders may roar and the cra- the waves may crash against the, saw- the shore, but I am the Lord God Almighty, and it had wow. a scripture at the bottom of it. And so, so that was like, well, that answered that question. He'll yeah. deal with that. You know, that was my major concern that yeah. that you know because he'd actually gone cold turkey off his medication after meeting me, and we had been to a psychiatrist, um, his psychiatrist. Got him like, don't let him do it because I already knew him with the drugs. I didn't yeah. know him without it. Yeah, true, but anyway, yeah. he did it cold turkey, and he's he's been fine. And and we've gone through that journey together in our marriage. But yeah, so that's the first part. Then then the second part, I keep walking, mm. go to the end of the pier, come back, and then I walk back more down the marina side, not mm. down that road that I'd just come from in the first place, mm-hmm. going, oh, the place is just down there. Mm. Well, I get down so far in this marina area, this key marina thing, and then I start going down a road, and I'm like, I have no idea where I am. I'm lost, mm. actually. Wow. <laughs> no cell phone, don't know the number anyway. But And then I go, oh, God, where do I go? Well, a rainbow appears in the sky, so I follow that rainbow. <laughs> <laughs> and I follow that till the roads like divide, and I don't know what to do. Well, where now? And then another rainbow comes over, so I followed that. Yeah, that 
direction of that rainbow. Yeah. And there I was on the main road where they lived and I could see their house. Wow. And so I found my way back. So for me, that was one Clark and two rainbows. That's three yeses. Yeah. <laughs> That's three confirmations. That's <laughs> I took good. Yeah. I took that. So, um, yeah, so we ended up um, telling the parents in the morning, like, they're really shocked because they've had this son who's been, you know, not married. He's 42. He's been a bachelor. He's been in a, a religious order for 13 years. Then he's come out of it with depression for three for four years. And now he's met this woman and she's like me, full on, <laughs> Pentecostal there, Catholic. And, like, it's pretty... And it was like, oh, okay, we're meeting you, and now you're engaged. <laughs> it wow. all happened really quickly. Wow. Um, but, you know, we ended up going back to our my pastors, and they said, great, because they confirmed it. But what was had been happening along all along the way of this journey with me is we, we, we kept having our relationship as we were, but I was having incredible experiences when I was going to worship practice one night I remember um, the fire of God coming on me now I didn't know what this was I was trying to get this demon to leave me because <laughs> I'd never experienced it before and I was like I'm not leaving worship practice till this goes away it's like really hot on my legs and, and on my hands and I don't know what's going on here and Pastor Diane she just goes I think it's the fire of God. And I said, well, you pray. And so her husband, Eric, said, no, like, um, okay, God, if this is of you, make it stronger. And if it's, I mean, it actually makes no sense now, but God answered the prayer. So it ended up, if it's of you, you know, um, make it make, make it more. It more. Yeah. And if it's not you, it must go in Jesus' name or something mm. like that. So he must have prayed it that way because... It came on more, and so I'm at school the next day, and there's way down the bottom of my legs is a fire going through my legs and my hands, and I'm, it's happening all the time, and wow. it, it was it was amazing. Um, and then one night Peter came round, and I started laughing, and I laughed the whole visit. Had eventually said, "I have to go now." Whoa. <laughs> Oh, his God was so just gracious. The joy, he was, was just it? giving me the joy. Wow. He was, and he was cleaning me up. He was, yeah. he mm. was just going through and burning away the dross of my yeah. life. He was burning away the rejection. He was burning away any mm. previous criticism of me. He was just dealing with all of that yeah. stuff that I don't even know what he was doing at that time, but he was doing mm. it. Wow! And I embraced that in the end. It was amazing. Yeah. Of course, nobody at school understood because they weren't Christians and all that sort of thing. So it was quite strange um, for me. And people did think I was pretty weird, but they also could see I was had the joy of the Lord yeah. as well. So it was was uh, quite a dilemma for them. But, yeah, so all of that. And so when we spoke to the pastor about, look, we've got engaged, they ended up saying, well, don't. Don't waste any time. Don't make it a long engagement. Just get on with it. And so we ended up making it the date of that that birthday that had happened four years earlier um, that my ex-husband had been at that ha happened. So we've actually covered the negative of me being betrayed hmm. to being mm. setting off a new covenant and wow. on That's that cool. day. And so... 
we had a really long evangelistic wedding in the heat of the day outside and on a, on the lakefront and it's lucky there was one tall tree that people could all move to <laughs> the other side of what we had set up as an aisle and they could all sort of wall on one side except for the very staunch people who just got really burnt um, on the other <laughs> side but it was it was a beautiful wedding and and um, yeah just amazing so we've had this incredible life where Peter's uh, come into my life as this man who did not fit my mental description of what I would have been looking for, you know, mm. tall, dark and handsome and plenty of money or something people might have said. Yeah. But to be honest, I had come up with a list. During that time when I was off track, my my brother had said, we climbed Mount Roy, which is a mountain here, and, and, and he said on the way down, he said, well, if you are going to look for a man, this was before I'd actually come back to Jesus anyway, but fully, like I wasn't off that off track but if you are looking for somebody make a list of what you want in them well I ended up putting these name, these things down on a list of what I was looking for ideally a musician it would be great if involved in the worship you know because I'm a worship leader so that was one of the things you know so if they play, played the piano that would be great mm. um, and further down the list I remember writing you know it would be, be amazing if you also played the guitar and you know, like that sort of thing. But I, I, I put things down like um, a man that would would encourage me, but keep me would encourage me to to fly, but to mm. keep me grounded because I know that I tend to go off track. Well, he has been the perfect. You know, mm. he could cook. Like that, these are important things to me because my first husband actually ended up liking doing the cooking, and so he did mm. a lot of the cooking. I, the the. Both of them have ended up being kind of the chef-like cooks. They like yeah. sort of experimenting with cooking, whereas mm. I was brought up quite traditional and it's just a nearly get on with it and eat it. And, you know, so you know we've, we're kind of different in that regard. But mm. these things that I had on that list, God honoured every one of them. I did not ask for tall, dark, and handsome. Mm. Um, but I think I've got that now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's become more yeah. handsome every day with me. Yeah. Um, and I didn't ask for the money. Yeah. yeah. And, I, and and we have struggled financially, but God has always provided for yeah. us. Yeah. You know, despite, despite things being, you know, because he was basically just a cleaner with the odd gig. Mm. You know, that wasn't much money. Mm. And mm. it's never, but we, we now have a business that he's directed us towards, you know, when we, I was working for this business and then when we came to Wanaka. Yeah. And, um, I was working for them and, and next minute they wanted to sell it and I thought I'm not going to have a job mm. and so we started looking at it, at buying it and every time we looked at the finances of it we thought we shouldn't do this, this doesn't seem right and so we decided not to do it and we would not have a piece and every time we looked at buying it and ignoring that and going in by faith we had a piece. Oh, wow. So we thought that was another thing where follow God just peace. directed us yeah. follow the peace yeah. because it's the peace of God that passes all understanding that just brings you mm. yeah. to that place. Amazing. Where you, where you trust it. And so, you know, with this Omicron that's happening now, like people aren't buying as much and there's not much going through and it's yeah. been really tough. 
but yep. we keep trusting God. Yeah, He will supply that. We might have had to take our taxes out and put that back into the business, and we know the taxes are going to be due in a few months' time. But yeah. God will deal with that. Mm. Yeah, you know, He will provide. We'll sell something really big, and it'll yeah. pay the taxes. You know, like yeah. that's just the way it's got to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and you mm. shared um, with us the other day that. Um, your first marriage was twenty years, and oh, now, that's right. and now this, uh, this one, one we've just celebrated twenty-one years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so it was a milestone. But I mean, the thing is, this is a marriage in the spirit. Yes, mm. like it's unconditional. There yeah. is nothing that we wouldn't do for each other. Yeah, you know, like mm. we were talking to a couple, the couple that have recently got married. We said it's kind of like it's not a servant-slave relationship. Mm. But it's like you're like Jesus is to us. He, he's come. He's not. He's our friend. But he came as a servant. Yeah. yeah. He came to serve, and that's what we are in our relationship. Mm. Peter was always looking out for um, how he can serve me, how yeah. he can look after me, mm. and and what my needs might be. And yeah. I'm always thinking like he he's so excited. I mean, he, I'm lucky he's not been married before in, in a way in that. In that he's got a sock fairy now. He opens the drawer and there are the fresh socks. He didn't have any socks in the morning. Now he's got socks. And same with the underhand drawer. There it is. Oh, look, I've got an underhand drawer. You know, like he... he appreciates he, it. Yeah, he, yeah, he appreciates everything because mm. he hasn't had that before. Mm. Now, some men might go straight from mum's done this, now the wife's yeah. doing it. Yeah. Mm. Now he sure. hasn't done that. He's been out there in the world and has had to do everything himself. Yeah. And same with me. I had been, we mm. had been doing this all together first marriage, but then I've had to do it being mm. a single mum yeah. and doing everything, including the finances and all, mm. it, all of it, so yeah. that I appreciate everything that Pete does. Mm. You know, and so we have this incredible appreciation for the roles that each mm. of us play yeah. Yeah. within our marriage. Some nights he cooks, some nights I cook. It it just we don't there is no scoring. Yeah. And I think what happened in the in the first marriage, which is a marriage in the flesh, is that there was a lot of well, I've done a lot more than you have thing. Mm. It's your turn, or you should, or yeah, I'm yeah. not, you know, or I resent you because of. And there's a whole lot of those things that are part of a the 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 flesh marriage that yeah. that we just don't have that. We don't do scoring. Yes, and and even like if there's even if there's something happening with um, disagreement, which hardly happens. We talk yeah. things through, but if if things happen, there is no building up of a judgment or resentment or anything like that. We talk things through, yeah. and we don't ever get. There's never a a situation where we snob the other one, you know, mm. or we hold back sex, yeah. or we, you know. Which I think a lot of people make the mistake of thinking they can use sex as a manipulative tool. And this is actually something I was hoping I might bring up, if you don't mind me saying this yeah, today. Yeah, that's good. There was just this um, scripture that I that I came across. It's in Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 7. What a great, great uh, passage 1 Corinthians 7 is. <clears throat> There's a couple of things in here that have spoken to me, First uh, Corinthians 7, verses 1 to 5, and then another one that I would like to talk about is um, 13 and 15, because that related to 
some revelation that came to me after I was married. Because I'd been such a strong covenant keeper, mm. I had this other... Uh, I felt guilty about getting married a second time because yeah. it was so much about stick with that one partner that you've ever been given. Yeah. yeah. So if, the, if there ever was a negative on that covenant mm. keeper's side, that was the one that would have bound me to perhaps to maybe not getting the fullness that God actually has had for me by having a marriage in the spirit. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and your your second marriage anyway has drawn you closer to your intimacy with Christ. Yeah. Absolutely. So mm. if anything that draws you closer to an inter- intimacy with Christ, it's almost always aligned with God's will. <laughs> yeah. you know? like, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> well, I hadn't figured that at the time because I, I really, I, like, I hadn't... Um, yeah, I was a, I was quite against second marriages. So my sister-in-law um, had said that would come back and bite me in the bum because <laughs> I didn't go to their marriage. But it didn't work physically for me coming back from Australia. But, um, yeah, so, well, I talk about that now, then I'll do that one quickly now. Just so a woman who has a husband who does not believe, if he is willing to live with her, let her not divorce him. So that was my situation. I had an yeah. unbelieving husband. And and, uh, and then skipping through, because it just talks about the opposite sex, but skipping through to verse 15, but if the unbeliever departs, mm. let him depart. A brother or sister is not under bondage in sub- some such cases, but God has called us to peace. Yeah. And so this this popped up at me like three years after I'm actually in my second marriage going, mm. And actually the version I was reading at the time said you are no longer bound. Mm. You've been loosed. Mm. He loosed me from my marriage mm. and I was no longer bound. Yeah. So these rules that, that they talk about what when it talks about adultery, which Jesus talks about in, um, I think it's in Matthew, which is Matthew 5, where he's talking about that, he, that's... That's a. Dip. It's like I was no longer bound by that commandment. Yeah, that's yeah. what sort of. It was like a rhema that spoke to me that mm. loosed me from that guilt yeah. of feeling mm. like I should never have got second married, even though I knew it was God. It was like mm. that I shouldn't have because the scriptures, you know, like it, it mm. became a conflict within myself, and it, yeah. I was suddenly mm. loosed from that bondage. Well, you had. Um... Was it four years in yeah. between yeah. your first? Yeah, celibate for four years. Yeah. So it was yeah. like starting afresh. But you yeah. had also left that door open because you said earlier mm. um, you were praying for your first husband to come back. Yeah. You know, you were I holding fast. I fasted for 40 days. Yeah, you're you holding fast. Oh, you fasted for 40 days. It wasn't necessarily all food, but it was anything I ever had a passion to want to do, I yeah. fasted. Yeah. No, I don't. Yeah. I denied myself yeah. for 40 days. Yeah. No, I still ate. I, I did a portion of it at the end, the last seven days. Mm. I did do no food mm. as well, but I I was like, I was looking forward to coming home yeah. from school and making myself a, a milk chocolate drink. Yeah. No, milk coffee Yeah, not in the microwave, you know, just milk and coffee. Yeah. Uh, I was looking forward to that, so I, no, I'm not having mm. that because I'm believing for, you know, like mm. I'm, I was just doing that. That was my fast. If, it was a, yeah. if I was looking forward to anything, deny it. Yeah. You know, well, that's, that's what I uh, think the was The type of fast really that key. I was doing. But it was a praying and fasting stuff that you yeah. like. 
<laughs> yeah, so many people get um, divorced and then they move on really quickly. Like there's almost Big mistake. Um, no gap for um, the person to come back. But you had allowed that person time to have that choice to come back. Mm. You had been praying for it and with mm. God. And then he showed you the vision of the altar and you're looking through it and he's standing there and he walks away. Yeah, yeah. So God showed you this uh, This. It was finished. a deep marriage. This is finished. It yeah. was finished. Yeah. Um, and to, and also that you're walking through into another one, like. And yeah, that, but that I was incredible. not expecting that. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I mean. Like you, <laughs> two had, weeks. I yeah. mean, two weeks after coming fully back and and seeing that vision, mm. I had no idea. It was quick. Yeah. yeah. But mm. my point is, is that most people have a divorce and then go and get remarried for the sake of happiness. You went and got remarried by direction and confirmation of God. Absolutely. So we put God in a box sometimes and we yeah. go, well, Bible says don't get remarried so you, so nobody ever gets remarried or, or they, they they almost punish themselves and deny, right. deny happiness. But when it is fully directed by God, that's a whole different story. That's yeah. right. You know, when, when God's given you clear visions, he's yeah. setting up appointments, He's you wrote down a list and this guy fits every single... <laughs> box that you yeah. I wish I'd put the money right on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then I don't like, because this it, is such it? an amazing witness that we don't have a lot of money, but we we usually say, we don't have a lot of money, but we do have a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> but actually we don't have a lot of money, but God always provides. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 It is so cool. Yeah. It's so, really cool that like it, it happened when you were on fire with God again. You know? Yes. Like, yes. You weren't looking for anything. You Absolutely weren't expecting not. anything. No. And that's when God moved. He said, oh, you're mm. in the right place now. It was amazing because we had, we ended up starting this out and about group too after we'd got together. Mm. And the next year, eight couples, this was for singles, eight couples got married. Wow. wow. And so that was like a, a real, you know, yeah. a gift that's that happened amazing. in our church. Like it was just amazing. So when I'm listening to your testimony, Liz, uh, I uh, I just saw uh, something that we heard about years and years ago, and it fits you perfectly. And it's this: uh, these the Japanese have this amazing work that they do with vases. Oh yes, and they break, and what they do is they reseal these vases with gold, and it the after it being broken and then restored it actually makes a more beautiful piece and i that actually sounds like your life and being broken to be restored with with peter Mm. and it's just even more beautiful than it could have ever been no Mm. matter how much you polish that first marriage or tried and Mm. everything it's never going to get to what you've what god it didn't have god in it um, yeah. It wasn't a three-stranded cord, was it? Yeah, and that's what the goal it was, is. The goal sort of me is and God. God kind of trying to do it, but this yeah. unequally yoked situation yeah. was yeah. happening there, and that's what often happens with those people that are going for their second. You know, they meet, mm. they divorce, and next minute they they don't give the time, like you said. Yeah, and then they do end up picking somebody pretty much the same as the last one. Yeah. And and the same problems just move into the next one. It's Absolutely. not. It's nothing new. Mm. Yeah. You know, and it's not God directed. So yeah, I love how yeah. yours is God directed. Yeah. You know, like yeah. I'm very cautious incredible. on me when people 
uh, want to share their testimony about divorce and things like yeah. that. But yours wholeheartedly has got all wrapped through it. Oh, thank you. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. So do you mind if I go back to this no, other one, please. which I said I would do in, in 1 Corinthians 7? Because I think this is kind of ministered. This should minister to everyone, whether mm. you're married yet, about to get married, married now, um, going through separation and divorce, or having trouble within your marriage. Mm. This These scriptures just have been the foundation of of Peter's and my marriage. Not that we're into sex that much, but it's it's a principle that I'd just like to share. So it, it's just Paul talking. You see, now concerning the things of which he wrote to me, it is good for a man not to touch a woman. Because mm. once you've done that, you're off on some track that... You, you go know, down the rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's good for a man not to touch the woman. Nevertheless, because of sexual immorality, let each man have his own wife and let each woman have her own husband. And let the husband... Rend- this is the bit I love. Let the husband render to his wife the affection due her and likewise also the wife to her husband. Mm. So that means satisfy each other, mm. fulfill each other, just For minister them. to each other. This mm. is a beautiful thing that God's gift is to us mm. and that we need to be able to be aware that our bodies of all, we have had needs, We let's fulfill those needs mm. and be kind and careful and loving in that. The wife does not actually have authority over her own body, but the husband does. That's not an excuse to take mm. mastership over mm. it and, and rape your wife, which can, mm. does happen in some marriages. You know, it's a willing thing because likewise it says the husband does not have authority over his own body, mm. but the wife does. Remember, God's put mm. two together. They, you leave your father and mother and mm. you cleave to your wife. Yeah. And that cleaving and having been through the separation, when mm. that cleaving breaks... It's horrendous. Yeah. You know, the pain is a physical one in your body, in, the, in your heart, mm. right in the solar plexus area, right in your spirit. It's broke, breaking. It's, um, I describe it as like um, a raw chicken leg being ripped off oh. the body. That's what it feels like. It's like it's just wrenched. It's a wrench. It's horrendous. But it's what it says in verse nine, 5 of uh, 1 Corinthians 7 is do not deprive one another. And we're talking about sex here. Mm-hmm. Do not deprive one another except with the consent for a time that you may give yourselves to fasting and prayer. Mm. When you're doing fasting and prayer, you don't want to be mm. breaking that bond that you're trying to build with God and have mm. sex with your husband because that's it's a spiritual thing that you're doing. Yeah. And so, yeah, so you sometimes might do that. But come together again so that Satan does not tempt you mm. because of your lack of self-control. Now, a lot of marriages, and, and would have happened in my first marriage, was they that you either use sex as a controlling thing, you know, I'm mm. pissed off with you, I'm not going to have sex mm. with you for three weeks or mm. whatever, and they hold these grudges and, and there's a lot of control that mm. goes along around sex. And I know it's not just, hasn't just happened with me, I've seen it mm. in other, and talked to other people, and that's what tends to happen. Mm. But Scripture tells us, not to leave it long between encounters. Yeah. 
Yeah. And and this is a thing I've basically was blessed to have a forty two year old virgin come into my life, mm. and I could teach him these things that I've learned as I've been studying, having been abandoned for four years. You know, yeah. I've I've come across various things and mm. and studied marriage and all sorts of things. So I've I've come to a place that when this did actually happen for me, which I was hoping to make that happen with my first marriage, but it's turned out that I've said, look. It's it says if we're not careful, Satan can come along and tempt us. And this is what can happen if you lust after another woman. It's Mm -hmm. like adultery in your heart. You know we've we've heard these scriptures before, and it's like Pete was came from this religious order where they he had to go pick movies for these youth to go and watch and everything. It was very difficult to find a movie that didn't have some sex scenes in it. Yeah. Yeah, and so. Their instructions were get the kids just to look at their shoelaces. So during the sex scenes, shoelaces, and they all just had to look down, okay, and then they got to look up. So wow. they weren't having the oh. eye, the eye gate of the inappropriate scenes coming up. Wow. Now it's he still does that. that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's There's awesome. no porn in this household. <laughs> Awesome. You know, if there's some sex scenes, it's like, I just see as I like this. I don't, I don't recommend watching Game of Thrones then because he'll be watching his shoelaces the whole time. Oh, <laughs> I've never watched that. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, so so we're very careful what movies we watch. Yeah. You know, like there's clearly going to be some beautiful romantic. Mm. We watch chick flicks all the time and there are romantic scenes in it and there's mm-hmm. on, but... There's a certain level where you know it's become pornography. Yeah. And if and then you just don't yeah. go there. Yeah. You know? mm. I love yeah. how you said that the uh, ownership of each other's bodies is for for each other. So like That's right. your wife's body is the husband's ownership and the husband's body is the wife's ownership. Mm. And that is an amazing picture of principal sacrifice, of mm. your relation of living as a living sacrifice for one another as a spouse because yeah. the bible talks about be living sacrifices mm. and um we've always used the funny and um picture of uh you know having a, a live fish on the barbecue you know they're not they're going to be flopping around they're not going to want to stay there no <laughs> that's been a living sacrifice you know oh, um, it's dear. very hard to be a living sacrifice this is something that is not an easy task to do so with marriage but one of of the amazing things with marriage is when you develop that sacrificial uh, side that you do anything you can for your spouse Mm -hmm. to make their life better and then they do anything they can for you to make your life better but you're on the same page with that yeah marriage is so easy you're it's not flopping around on a barbecue no yeah. it, it's no. Uh, uh, people uh, anybody listening uh, i know this is a very cliche thing lots of people have said this but a marriage is not 50 50 it's a hundred percent a hundred percent yeah yeah and um everybody gives everything mm. and it's not What's yours is yours and what's mine is mine. I mean, what's mine is Laura's. (laughs) (laughs) And what's Laura's is Laura's. (laughs) No, no, just kidding. No, no, it's it's equal. Like some people have separate bank accounts and stuff. We don't. We use everything together. Peter's parents said, look, marriage is a business. Mm. You know, but if you, like even before we actually got married, they said set up a joint bank account and that's what we've done. 
Yeah. And, you know, we've got separate business accounts and things like that, but they're yeah. not, we're not hiding money from ourselves. No. Yeah. We know it's what's going with, on. Yeah. Everything's, yeah. it's an open book. Everything yeah. is an open book. Yeah. It's actually really and, important. And our to have feelings that. are as well. Yeah. Like if, if one of us is feeling grumpy, we will say so. Mm. Yeah. You know, and, yeah. and, and so we, but it doesn't happen very often because we, we have become so intuitive of each other's mm. moods and needs and, and what works and, and, and you know. And it's we, from that transparency. It is. Of being constantly transparent, even with your money, you know, like mm. you can see everything that he spends and mm. vice versa. It's not so good when you try to get a surprise present. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We cash. cash is the thing. Yeah. <laughs> cash yeah. is king but, for surprises. Oh, she took out $300. Yeah. Or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> I, wonder yeah. I wonder what I'm getting. But, yeah. You know, yeah. But, um, <laughs> yeah. So um, there was something I was going to say in relation to sharing things, and I've just it's lost. I've lost it. I should have had a pen and paper and written that down. Well, that's but, all right. Um, um, what would you advise a new couple? Um, I mean, you just said about the sacrificial part of living for the other person and them living for you. But what's uh, something else for somebody listening that, like you said, that's all those phases they could be newly married, they could be separated, divorced, or getting married again, what would you, would some advice that you have, since you've sat in each of those seats mm. um, for them? Well, I think particularly if you're struggling, or when you struggle, because you will always struggle, there'll always be times when mm. things aren't going well, what I have found, and it's true of every marriage, mm-hmm. is that if you haven't got your own personal relationship with Jesus mm. working well, mm. and he or the other partner, the other spouse, mm. doesn't mm. have their personal relationship working with Christ mm. as well. One of you can be on track and one of you can be off track. Yeah. Yeah. That doesn't bode well for your marriage. Mm-hmm. And it, it does and you and it, it's a waxing and waning kind of thing. Like we mm. all have it, but it's important to keep your personal relationship with Christ first mm. and all things will go well. So if we're mm. finding that we're not connecting well, I look at myself mm. and I go, oh, I haven't really spent that much time with the Lord lately. Mm. Yeah. So, and, he's, and we recognise that and mm. we, we, we talk about it and we'll say, we really need to spend more time privately mm. on our own with God. We're yeah. spending too much time together and we're not getting anywhere. Yeah. You know, or something like that. So For sure. it's it's remember it's always that's three strand accord. Look at it like a triangle that on earth husband, wife are flat on the earth and God's up the top mm. and we're both holding on to God mm. as the joining of that triangle. We're holding on to each other. Mm. Which is fine, but it's all just flat. But it will rise to something amazing if we have Christ at the centre that Mm. we're lifting up to, that equilateral triangle. So it's a three-way business. You know, Our marriage gets enhanced by God linking arms with us. That is a brilliant way to put it. When uh, Laura and I got married, we um, did a a knot with... There was one white knot and then... It was like three ropes and we plaited it. We plaited it with Christ was the white rope and then we were the two boring brown ones. And then <laughs> yeah. We sort of plaited it, the, so it was all... It was you're the, the two people of the flesh and the yeah. one of the spirit. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. Together you're one. It's exactly. Yeah. So that, yeah, in our marriage, it's not just Laura and myself, it's us and Christ. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah, it's real cool. cool. Oh, it is that lovely three-stranded chord. Um, I was just reading that recently in my daily reading, and it, mm. and it talked about um, using a piece of fishing line and two oh. pieces of wool as an example. Mm. Oh, yeah. And that you get two pieces of wool together and you pull them and you can break it. Mm-hmm. Mm. You stick that invisible that we can't see Jesus, we can't see God the Father, we can't see the Holy Spirit, but we know mm. he's working. But he's there, he's invisible, yeah. mm. but he's there and he's the strength within us at all. You try and you put that third strand that you can't really even see with two two yep. strings of wool mm. and you try and break that yeah. it won't happen yeah. yeah and that's the thing that christ is our invisible center of our lives that's it's really amazing. good that's yeah. such a cool don't give me credit for that that was somebody <laughs> else but that's, good, <laughs> that's an oldie but it's a goodie yeah. that is good that is good yeah awesome yeah. so thank you so much liz for joining us um absolutely incredible uh, testimony and it's definitely going to go far i can i yeah. can hear people already you know praising this one this this one is going to help so many people and just their I journey so. yeah um so if you enjoyed this episode of the jesus magnet podcast please uh subscribe and and find us on our website thejesusmagnet.com uh, we can find all of our episodes we're also on facebook and instagram We'll see you next time on the Jesus Magnet Podcast.